Hello, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to another episode of Crash, episode 317 of Crash. This is the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. Today is Tuesday, the 9th of June 2020, and the time now is 1651.46. I know you were probably expecting a Vintage Doctor Who episode today. That is happening, but right now, I'm presenting to you another general weekly geekly episode. If you are following along with the show notes, please ignore the order of items in the show notes because I have changed those in the spoken version, this version, so that we can end on a happier note. First of all, a little apology. I had no idea that Blackout Tuesday was a thing, because I have not been following the news. That is why I put the show out on Tuesday, If I had known that Blackout Tuesday was happening, I would have uploaded on a different day. Let me make it clear, though, that I am, of course, fully supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement. If you know me, or have heard the content of the show at almost any stage, you'll know that that fact is evident. And that change of order means that we're jumping straight to the creative section first, to talk about that video reconstruction of George Floyd's murder. I thought that putting together the last minutes of George Floyd's life from multiple video sources was a great piece of journalism by the New York Times, and also, unfortunately, a very disturbing watch. Having seen it, I think it is obvious that the video reconstruction of the victim's death removes absolutely any doubt whatsoever that his death was first-degree murder. And that's despite the initial third-degree murder charge that was later changed to second-degree. And I'm saying that because first-degree murder is premeditated as opposed to impulsive, as is the case for second-degree murder in American law. So kneeling on a man's neck for nine minutes while your victim begs you to stop and not stop until the body is inert is quite clearly planned. I'm definitely not a lawyer, but I don't see how there can be any debate So, I find it bizarre how the initial charge was for third-degree murder and later changed to second-degree murder. It makes no sense whatsoever. There was nothing I could see in Officer Derek Chauvin's behaviour that looked impulsive. To me, watching that video, it looked calculating, cold and vicious. And of course, there were other police officers involved. And I even saw one of them trying to get people to move on because they had the situation (laughs) under control. Yeah, 
I bet they had the situation under control. And I would just like to add a bit to this section. In the past, I have done some martial arts in a rather minor way. And I have been placed in neck holds, such as something called the guillotine. This is a neck hold that restricts blood supply to the artery and vein in your neck, going up to your brain. And let me tell you, you aren't held in that position for long. If you're training or sparring and you end up in that neck lock, you will only be there for a few seconds because the hold is so dangerous and your sparring partner should know that and the instructor will definitely know that. And that's just a few seconds. So nine minutes pressure on the neck and pushing the air out of the body by a whole team of officers. What else could that be? I was, as you can probably hear by my tone, shocked and disgusted and very disturbed. That sight has stayed with me for days. I may never forget it. I have seen other fairly appalling things, both in video and in real life, and that was very, very unpleasant. To that end, I hope the worldwide protests go on until there is some real and tangible improvement to the lives of minorities. The subsequent fatal shootings of civilians, like David McAtee, proves that we have a long way to go and that the protests should continue. Illegal killings, why am I even saying killings? Murder and abuse of power by authorities and slap on the wrist responses are hardly limited to the USA. We've talked about similar cases often enough on this show, some of which have happened in the UK. So again, there needs to be change, and there needs to be change soon. As for more current events, such as the destruction of a slaver statue in Bristol, what do you expect? There were previous protests, there were consultations on whether the plaque should be altered to reflect his rather distasteful manner of making money. And most of those debates came to nothing. And this latest racist murder has just brought to the forefront in people's minds of disturbing things that have been going on for far too long. And if you think I've strayed away from the creative section, okay, let's stop talking about the video now and move on to harassment of journalists. The continued harassment of journalists in the US who are just trying to do their jobs is disgraceful and cowardly, and as is often the case, proof that some officials have something to hide. Now, can you see why I changed the order of this episode? Let's move on. Let's move on to technology now. Not quite as fraught 
but aggravating in the light of how a lot of us are feeling at the moment. Let's move on to popcorn flicks. I noticed that the streaming service actually has a section called Urban. Why aren't these films categorised as thrillers, romances, comedies? I'll tell you why. It's because they have black people in them, so they're a separate genre. According to Popcorn Flicks, really, it's 2020 and this stereotyping idiocy still exists? Why? I noticed that when I was looking for a film on my Roku, and it just incensed me. I did reach out to Popcorn Flicks, but of course, they have not replied. What a surprise. Oh, let's move on to my virus diary entry. Yeah, we're still doing that because coronavirus is not quite over. From listening to previous episodes, I'm sure by now you know how COVID-19 has impacted on my professional, personal, and frankly, stressed mental state. So I will not bore you again. The only new thing I can talk about is that there have been changes to my environment, my immediate surroundings, thanks to a variety of reasons that are outside my control. We have experienced at home two mini deluges, and the oven is currently broken. The to-do list is getting longer and longer and longer. I've ordered a new part for the oven, it needs a new element, but of course the way they make ovens nowadays means you have to dismantle half your house to get to the screw holding in the element. So that's great. It means we'll have to spend more money getting another tradesman in. I'll let you know how that goes. That's how things are going on at home. As you heard at the top of the show, I started around five. I have hopefully arranged a fairly bomb-proof time to record between five and six. We'll see how that goes. That is the reason these episodes have been getting sparser recently. Just not finding a time when I can have some quiet and record. Like I said, hopefully that's over now. What's an adrenaline junkie bike career to do after a fatal wipeout? How about inheriting a weird box, partnering up with a lethal and sexy reporter, and going on the adventure of a lifetime? Join Geeky X Rocker and his enigmatic partnering crime as they are drawn into the mystery of the century deep in the dark heart of London. It is a secret that will change their lives forever, if it doesn't kill them first. The Horrors Box is a very dark, very funny, fast-paced, action-packed, suspense thriller, brimming with pop culture nostalgia and unique characters. If you liked Raiders of the Lost Ark, 
The Goonies, National Treasure, and Preston and Child's Agent Pendergast series, you will love this high-octane and explosive page-turner as quirky and British as James Bond and Doctor Who by UK author Roy Martha. Oh, that's me. And this is my book. You can find The Horus Box on Amazon as a Kindle ebook now. Culture. Let's move on to something a little happier. Days of the Bagnold Summer. The comic book Days of the Bagnold Summer has been made into a film. Before the pandemic, I must have read a new and quirky graphic novel, including this one, every time I went to the library. And it does make me wonder, with these comic book adaptations, because it's far easier than commissioning or buying a script and then doing a storyboarding, because it's all already there for you. Surprise, surprise. The movie industry loves comic book adaptations. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, with these comic book adaptations, it does make me wonder if some of the other quirky comic books that I have enjoyed will make it to film. Comic books like Rick Spears's Black Metal. Is that getting an adaptation next? I am really surprised that it hasn't. Although, you know what? I'm not sure that it really matters if comic books are made into movies. Because comic books are their own art form, and they really don't need to be adapted. Even though I have heard some good things about the Bagnall Summer adaptation, it's hardly necessary. Although I'm not as angry about the phenomenon as Alan Moore, I do see that it is rather pointless. Other stuff that, though pointless must surely be optioned for film, although I can't honestly be bothered to do much more digging about this one, include such gems as Martin Clow's The Death Ray, which I could really see a younger Steve Buscemi in the lead role. It's a great comic book if you get the chance. Seek it out. The Death Ray by Daniel Klaus. It is about a guy who finds something that gives him the power of life and death over anybody without consequences. Next, again, let's talk about The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. As I reported fairly recently, I am again listening to the original radio show in, of course, the completely wrong order. I started with the penultimate series, missing out the last from 2018, because it's not very good. Although, yeah, let's take a little aside for a moment. The reason why I listened to the show in 2018 adapted from Ian Colfer's And Another Thing, I think that's what it's called, is I was excited. Another installment of The Hitchhiker's Guide, and it was going to be on Radio 4, and I was also excited to listen to it on my world band radio on Longwave. 
And yeah, I know Longwave is less quality than FM, but there's something cool and retro about listening to a show on Longwave. And if you've seen the BBC Longwave Transmitter, I can't remember where it is, it is an amazing sci-fi-looking building, and it just all ties in with The Hitchhiker's Guide. That's why I did listen to it. I just found it not as hitchhikery as the rest of the series that were more closely based on Douglas Adams's work. Ah, oh, that was a bit of a tangent. Now, where was I? Yes, that is why I missed out the last series from 2018 this time round. Then... After listening to the penultimate series, I skipped back to the first series from 1978 and then went to the second series and eventually caught up to the point at which I had started listening in the first place. Like a sort of Uruboros snake eating its own tail but not all the tail because I missed out a bit of the tail in the middle. This analogy is going absolutely nowhere, so I'll stop. It does sound a little confusing, and I go into great and unnecessary detail of my escapades in re-listening to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on Twitter in a series of tweets that read like Logical word salad. I don't even know why I said the word logical. It's not logical at all. It is probably just plain illogical. But it seemed to make sense to me because non-linearity rocks. The radio series is, of course, absolutely great, though not how I first discovered The Hitchhiker's Guide. No, that was thanks to the excellent TV series that, for some bizarre reason, is not rated well, which fired up my interest in the books, and then the audiobooks, and finally, at the end, I went back to the beginning and listened to the radio series, and that was back in the 80s. Doing everything in reverse has had no lasting deleterious effects, you'll be glad to hear. The books themselves have, I suppose, reinforced my slightly bleak attitude to the universe, and in the show notes, I am mocking myself. In brackets it says, ha ha ha, who are you kidding? Okay, maybe I'm a bit of a negative person. Though Philip K. Dick and New Wave Sci-Fi and life in general have also had something to do with that. Let's hope that changes for me, you, and the whole universe in general, and soon. On the other hand, Ford Prefect's inappropriate cheeriness in the face of oblivion as long as there are decent drinks and nice girls around, shows that even in an uncaring, unforgiving, cold universe, fun can still exist. And by the way, I have to say that I'm impressed by 
every actor I have seen who has played Ford Prefect. All of them have done a bang-up job of portraying that attitude described by some as cheerful nihilism. My compliments to Jeffrey McGiven, David Dixon, and Most Death. Editing mode Roy breaking in here with some interesting and irritating information regarding the books. I used to own the books, which come in this order, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, The Restaurant at the End of the Universe, Life, the Universe and Everything, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, and Mostly Harmless. The first three books I owned second or third edition paperbacks, just the cheap paperbacks you'd get in the bookshop, probably W.H. Smith. The last two, So Long and Thanks for All the Fish and Mostly Harmless, I bought as first edition hardbacks. One of them, I'm not sure if it's So Long and Thanks for All the Fish or Mostly Harmless, was signed by Douglas Adams. When I left Vancouver, those were some of the books that I just gave away to save on shipping. Yesterday... I had a look at reacquiring those last two books. I looked up the price of So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, first edition, hardback cover with a hologram on the dust jacket, and signed. And the price is currently around £1,000. And man, that stinks. Not that I would ever have sold it, of course, but reacquiring that book now seems impossible. What's the moral of this story? I suppose hang on to your geek stuff. If you move, just pay for the shipping. Back to the podcast. That's really it for this episode. Sorry that we had to jump around like that. But you can see my reasoning. I had some things that I wanted to say that were stressful. I did think about removing them to a separate episode, but then that episode would have just been unrelentingly grim, and I thought it was better to dilute that grim but important current news that I wanted to include by adding something a little lighter towards the end, because we all need a way of processing. This is the way I thought I could deal with it. I definitely did not intend any disrespect. But anyway, that's my reasoning for doing this episode in that way. Crash is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. For further reading, there's a link to the show notes in the description of this episode. If you want to help, 
please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend and also get in touch with me on Twitter. It's nice to hear from people who listen to the show. This episode 317 was recorded on Tuesday the 9th of June 2020. The time at the end is 17.26.09. I must say as the episode finishes recording, I can hear a lot of road traffic. Which is strange because I thought the lockdown was still on. Who knows? When I went for a walk earlier, there were a lot of people around, but we were mostly avoiding each other. But from the noise of the traffic, it certainly feels like the lockdown has finished. But I digress. I'll let you all get on with your days now. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye! Bye!